0: Running wild with Christine. Sex, success, and other slippery rabbit holes. Welcome to episode 75 with Megan Jane Sutar? Suter. Suter. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Nice to meet you, nice Megan. To How meet are you? you? Too. I'm doing really well today. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I've had two days off. I'm a whole new
1: person. Nice. <laughs> I love that feeling. What about you? How was your week? My week was good. It was, um, yeah, productive and busy, which is not always how I like to describe my life, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, it was both of those things and, and it was great. I'm sort of recovering this weekend after lots of what felt like energetic output. Yeah. By choice. Like I'm happy to do what I did and I needed to like lay low this weekend. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely.
0: That's awesome. So how would you define what you do? I prefer to let people define themselves.
1: Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I like to define myself. Um, so in my like coaching and healing work, I, deci- I, I describe myself as a self-healing guide. So I believe that the only person who is able to heal oneself is themselves. Yeah. Right? So we can hire coaches. We can hire therapists. We can hire Reiki healers. And... Those people, if they're doing their job like ethically and well, um, I guess that sounds like a bit of a judgment, but it's true for yeah. me. Um, they will just supply you with the tools that you need to come back home to yourself, to, to heal yourself. Mm-hmm. And, um, cause we all have it in us. Like we all know how to love ourselves and sometimes we just forget. And so, yeah, I, I, I talk about guiding my clients home to themselves together. I like that phrasing. Yeah. Yeah. And how did, how long have you been doing that? I've been doing that, I think, um, accidentally my whole life. (laughs) I think I'm sort of, I know I'm wired that way and built that way as an empath. We're sort of wired to feel other people's emotions. And when you don't know, like when you don't have boundaries around that or haven't done any work around it, you inadvertently sort of heal people with your bodies yeah. Um, or with your body, and so I think I've been doing it accidentally my whole life, and then professionally I've been doing it for about two years now.
0: Nice. Yeah. We'll go back to um, how that change happened two years ago. Yeah. But let's do what I like to do, is go back to the beginning. Yeah. Um. Are you from Vancouver? I am. Yeah. I'm from Towsen. You're actually. one of the four people from here. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And how was your? What
1: was your upbringing like? Yeah, I mean, uh, like from the outside, like a lot of people who grew up. In Vancouver or, or in Canada it's like healthy and um and from the inside it was healthy too but you know two parents who are still together they'll have their 40th wedding anniversary wow next year and um yeah which I'm so I'm so blessed to have them both still around like that and yeah I grew up with a half brother mm-hmm. um who yeah never lived with us so he lived in like group homes and um hospitals, basically, for the entire time that I was alive, and, um, so that was, like, maybe one of the things that added something from the inside that people couldn't really see from Mm -hmm. the outside, um, but, yeah, like, pretty privileged, I come from, yeah, two white parents, and we lived in a middle-class suburb in Vancouver, so, didn't see a lot of, mm, like, racism or sexism as, like, our issues, now I understand, like, I'm working on unpacking my privilege and my internalized sort of racism or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, grew up pretty privileged, too. And did what What did you go to school
0: for? What Like, how was your coming to adulthood, quote-unquote?
1: Yeah, I barely <laughs> made it out of high school. Um. I like to tell people that... Well, I failed grade 12, so I went back. Yeah. And I like to tell people that I was too busy having sex with my boyfriend in my car. <laughs> and... <coughs> playing cards in the cafeteria to go to school. So (laughs) I went back to grade 12. And then my parents were like, let's not waste your time and our money and just get a job. Yeah. Just work. And so I went to, yeah, I worked. And then I moved to Whistler and worked there as a bartender and in retail. Then I moved to New Zealand, came home. And then I decided, okay, it's like time to go back to school. So I actually studied fashion merchandising at Blanche McDonald. Nice. In Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. My dad was my dad had a business that he wanted me to come work with him in, and his only prerequisites were go to school for whatever you want. Yeah. So I did that, which was fun and easy, and then he said, I, you have to work for somebody else for two years, so I did that too. What did you do at that point? I worked for a company here in Vancouver called Segoy, which is like a bike and triathlon apparel company. Nice. I worked in customer service there. And then I went to work for my dad, and we worked together for three years, and then I started my own business in that same realm, which I still run, actually. Oh, what is it? It's a sales business. Nice. Yeah, so I'm a wholesale sales rep for one company now in BC. I used to rep, like, at times I've had five companies, or five, yeah, five brands that I represent, but now I just have one. And so, yeah, that's the other kind of piece to my work life, is that I'm balancing a company that I've run for 13 years with a brand new company one is the way that you know supports me and one is the way that I want to support me financially so it's been this really interesting time learning to like balance both things yeah
0: I think that's a key thing to always talk about when we have conversations with people who start you know their own ventures that are more I hate the word but like fluffy you know like less in the Here's a business school manual of how you, you know, open this and what's your surplus and you're yeah. and you're like okay cool. But then when you start something that's like coaching or anything to do with like humans, yeah. and not the products that they make, exactly is it's important to like remind people that are listening that you still have a job like on the side that supports what you're trying to do because yes. it just looks so easy. Thank
1: you from the outside. Truly, thank you for saying that. It's um I don't talk about my other business a ton online not because I'm trying to hide it no that literally is how I pay my rent every month Mm -hmm. um and I'm so grateful for it yeah it's just that I focus online on the spiritual side of things on the Reiki on the coaching side um but my dear friend Jacqueline Jennings and I did like um an Instagram live workshop once about like don't quit your day job Mm -hmm. actually like if you're looking to get into whatever it might be podcasting even yeah. and want to make a career out of that, do not quit your day job until you're supported in the same way, if not more by the other thing. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, we're pushed. Or you, you read all this stuff, like follow your dreams, jump. The net will be there. It's like, well, the net will be there if you know, like if you're super privileged, yeah, exactly, one, yeah. and
0: two, if you work to make the net be there. Totally. <laughs> exactly.
1: If I, you put the net up, It will be there.
0: I always talk about that because I took um, two years off in the middle of my 20s to write my book. Yeah. But I worked my butt off for three years before and had all these savings for a failed relationship that I thought was going to go places. So I had all this money accidentally, quote unquote, but no, I had saved that money just for another purpose for a long period of time. And that's what allowed me to, quote unquote, take the jump Totally. once it was presented to me. Yeah. It wasn't like a... Like, you know, <laughs> and I think that's super important. When I came back, everyone's like, oh, like you're working in film and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah. But I knew eventually the phase that I'm at right now, which is I have no time. Yeah. I don't know how I still make time for the podcast. Yeah. Like it's, it's a very like conscious decision to make time for it. But the, the balance between what pays your bills and mm-hmm. what you want to do to pay your bills is a really tough
1: one yeah and it takes like like you said commitment and hard work, and the other piece of the puzzle is like it's not just hard work, like yes, going to work every day, saving that money, mm-hmm. like you said, but sounds like you put in a lot of emotional mm-hmm. work as well, right, and like energetic work, so yeah it's not yeah it's it it sometimes looks easy, I think, from the outside like. She wrote a book. Wow. Mm -hmm. But like no one can see the two years of time that you put in actually writing the book. Yeah. And then the three years saving that money in the relationship that didn't end up working out. Yeah. It's like there's so much more to the story. To the balance of it. Yeah. And
0: even I think, you know, today when you speak to people who are in the middle of like launching something that they've been wanting to do for a long time, that's a lot of the people that I have on the podcast are like, I'm just starting this business that I really wanted to start. Or I'm just starting this activist project that I really feel is needed. And it's... It, it reminded me I was I was at coffee with a friend yesterday and she was telling me about her uh, defending her thesis. Okay. And she was like, I've been going to bed every night thinking I haven't done this or I haven't done enough of this yeah. or I haven't, and then she's like the the constant exhaustion and emotional labor and and anxiety that comes from you know having something loom, looming over your head. I'm like yeah that's actually quite relatable to having a quote-unquote side hustle or whatever you want to call it. Exactly. Because it's constantly there. Even if you're like, "Mm, I haven't had time to do that. I haven't done that.
1: Yeah. Or I've done that, but I haven't done that. Yeah. Yeah. There's this sort of like, I'm actually working super, super hard at um, counting my wins like every week. So whether it's a big win or a small win or a medium size, like, okay, that happened. And that's like a step in building that business. Mm -hmm. And I do it on my sales side too, because it's easy also to forget that that's important as well, right? Yeah. Like that's what got me here. Um that's all it's 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 not really that much different from my coaching business because it's all relationship building. Um yeah. it's all about like using my intuition and my integrity to build those relationships and to help my customers sell the product so they make money and in turn I make money and the company I represent makes money. So yeah. it's like, you know, I have to count the wins on all sides Mm -hmm. because that's how it all grows, basically. For sure. Yeah. So what happened two
0: years ago (laughs) when you started this? What was that process?
1: So it probably started before then, um, maybe five years ago. And I can say for sure that, like, I remember actually being on Commercial Drive, so not far from here with my boyfriend, a new boyfriend, when I was, like, 27 or 28, and we were down at this restaurant, like, just down the street. And I had just started working for my dad, and I was feeling super unfulfilled. Mm-hmm. Like, so this is, like, yeah, 13 years ago. <laughs> and I was like, they're just, this can't be it for me, to him, to, the, to my, my ex-boyfriend. And, and he was like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, they're just, I really feel like my destiny is to help other people. Um... And is this helping other people, what I'm doing? I was, like, really questioning what I was up mm-hmm. to. And then the money started rolling in because, like, you know, I make good money on that side of my business. And yeah. I was like, okay, fine, this is it for me. And sort of just, like, put it aside. But there was always this feeling that I was ignoring, like, I'm meant to be doing more. And I looked at school. I looked at university, like, going back to study um, to be a therapist. And I just never wanted to commit, Right and so that kind of went on for a while and when I was about 35 34 maybe I started working with a life coach mm-hmm. create the love is his name his name's Mark Groves oh He's, I follow him yeah so Mark, <laughs> I started working with Mark and um I got so much out of our connection I'd worked with therapists for years given my background with my yeah. brother um I st- my mom like had me in therapy when I was 8 and so i would say though like the biggest kind of shift in my life came from working with mark and i had this uh this thought in my mind like i want to do what he does and i went to this event that he hosts called the masters of the universe summit or motu and saw all of these people who i now really admire and, and are within my social circle speak and just tell a story about their lives on stage over that weekend and I knew after that weekend this was in 2016 that I wanted to do that that was it and so a couple weeks later I said to Mark I want to do that and he's like finally (laughs) I've been waiting for you to say that I'm like okay so what are my next steps And he's like you might want to go to school Um, he studied positive psychology through the flourishing center in New York and he was like let me see if I can get you in they have one scholar, or they have two scholarships per cohort. And There's a cohort coming up in Vancouver, so he emailed the the person who owns the Flourishing Center, and she was like, "Yeah, we're looking for a class assistant. She could be it." So yeah. I, went, I went to school for free, which was great because it's a six thousand dollar course. Yeah. Um. So studied positive psychology, which is like the study of the upward emotions, um, rather than traditional psychology studies like the the more ne- so called negative emotions. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of cool to learn a a new side of things especially being in therapy my whole life and then um, I said okay so I was like I'm going to open a coaching business Mm -hmm. and then on the other side of this spectrum I have a Reiki healer Uh, her name is Erica she lives in Squamish and I've been seeing her for about 10 years at that point maybe a few years less and I went to her and I said oh I'm going to start a coaching business and she was like okay she's like i've really been trying to avoid telling you this because you know i believe in free will and um i really wanted you to get there on your own but you aren't seeing me like you're not gonna you're not getting there she's like you're um a psychic and i was like what? Like, <laughs> like, I knew, I guess I always knew that I had um, some psychic ability, right? Just, like, knowing, say, if someone was lying to me, I always knew. Um, or if something was, like, off in a space that I was in, I would leave because I knew something bad was going to happen or there was potential for that. Mm-hmm. So I sort of, like, I wasn't totally surprised when she said it, but when someone says something like that to you and you're not expecting it, it is always a surprise. For sure. And I was like, I don't understand what you mean. she's like, you just have these... These gifts, she's like, everybody has them, but yours are really present, and you're just like not stepping into it. She's like, I've been trying to guide you there, so you got there on your own, but you haven't, so I need to tell you because I think you're going to be bored if you don't study spirituality a little bit more. And um, so she's like, You can study Reiki with me, Um, you can do your Reiki levels with me. She's like, You could do shamanism, there's a ton of stuff that you could study just study something yeah if you want just invest a bit of time in this exactly where it leads you Yeah, yeah exactly and I decided to work with her um so I've done all my Reiki levels with her and so yeah like Mark was the impetus on the coaching side Erica was the impetus on the energy healing intuition side and um you know just like the emotional work that people invest in it's always gets harder before it gets easier right mm-hmm. you're uncovering the deeper levels of stuff that you've kind of buried away or hidden yeah do you feel
0: like that moment of like having all those clicks go through was like because I feel like it would be strange if not strange I would feel like it probably w happened but let me ask yeah because it if you've been in therapy your whole life, you're, you're kind like, of like, what, what? how much more deeper buried shit yeah. can there be? Yeah.
1: Was there like a, oh yeah, there's a whole lot more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what had happened was like, I was really good at identifying my emotions. Like, I am mad. I mm-hmm. am sad. But like, um, because I'd, I'd grown up in a home filled with chronic stress around my brother... Um, And then, like, everybody pretending it wasn't happening. Yeah. I learned how to hide from the feeling of my emotion in my body. So... I was really living like from the neck. Logically, up. yeah, yeah, exactly. My brain is super powerful, and I could like reason my way out of anything. I relate to that. You can. Two Capricorns <laughs> on a couch. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and my I have a I'm my moon is in Cancer, so like mm. my emotion my wow polar opposite. What? Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. and so um, my moon is in Taurus, so oh, Taurus? I'm like all forward. Wow, wow, yeah, you Taurus. are all moving forward quickly. <laughs> all right. <brain. Yeah. laughs> Um, and so, so there's always this like really sensitive side Mm -hmm. to me, which is antithetical to the rest of you. Yeah, exactly. And it it really now, like I, I really identify more with my cancer side than I Mm -hmm. do my Capricorn side most of the time. Anyways, I was not feeling my emotions and Erica had said to me, like, we need to get you kind of back into your body. Mm -hmm. You don't feel your emotions. And I was shook, like truly. Mm -hmm. I was like, no, what? Like. I'm the best communicator and I know how I feel and she's like... It's not the same. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know how you feel but do you feel how you feel? And so to answer your question, when... uh, I think like the work with Mark was really eye-opening because I was able to like trace back my behavior and relationships with men Mm -hmm. to my childhood and... um, you know when i started working with mark i'd been single out of any serious relationship for about 2 years and then i stayed single for another 5 years so i dated men that here and there and like and so i'm saying that part because you know i i took like 7 years off of trying to hide in a relationship yeah to work on myself so that was really hard like that unearthed basically everything that needed to come up, there's probably more, but Mm -hmm. that was like really intensely looking at myself. Yeah. And then when I started studying like spirituality and, um, looking at like my intuition and things outside of myself, I, um, I had like a full spiritual awakening. Um, and you know, people talk about spiritual awakening as it only happens once, but it's these like continuous mini moments of, um, clarity and yeah, a bunch of other stuff. But this lasted like this continuous spiritual awakening lasted for about a year. And that I would say was likely the hardest time of Mm -hmm. my life. Um, and that it's just like kind of just over now over the past Maybe six months ago, I started to come out of it. Yeah. So, yeah, when you start to, when you change your life, when you, like, turn your attention to the thing that you've been avoiding for almost 40 years at that point, um, yeah, things get fucking hard quickly.
0: <laughs> yes, I appreciate the honesty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's
1: definitely not all love and light, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> I like how it all started very fluffy, and then we turned it, yeah. like, this shit's hard. Mm-hmm. Also, keep your job. Mm-hmm. Also, like- Real talk. Almost well, thank coach. God. Yeah,
1: exactly. You don't want to, like, tell people... I mean, that's my biggest pet peeve in the world of sp- spirituality is, like, just... It's all love and, like, just good vibes only and yeah. I surround myself with positive people. It's, like, cool and also we're human. Like Yeah, those people are, likely in denial because, like, life is hard. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we... You and I were talking about, um the character like the archetype Satan Mm -hmm. before we started recording. And you know, people have this this like idea of Satan as being the ultimate, like the root of evil. Yeah. Especially if you grew up religious, which I did. And um truly like I've actually Satan is the archetype I've really embraced this year in myself. Like we all have the dark within us. We Mm -hmm. all have that you don't have to say, like, Satan, but you can say, like, your shadow, which is yeah. how Carl Young, like, describes Satan is the shadow. Yeah. And so we all have that. It's, like, 50-50 within us. Sometimes we're lighter. Sometimes we're darker. And I think the sooner people can embrace that, the quicker, like, the easier life becomes.
0: Mm-hmm. It's so funny. I mean, there's um, resonances. Like, I don't... Have labels for my spirituality or agnosticism or whatever you I want to call it. Yeah. Don't really like. I spend my time arguing against the system, the systemic implications of wording things. Sure. Um. So Mm -hmm. I just avoid using words for Mm -hmm. certain things. (laughs) Um, But um, over the last couple of weeks, like I sat down with a new woman in my life. Not that I'm dating. Just like a new person that happens to be a woman that is now. Lately in my life, and she was like, "The simulation is getting too easy," is what she said. <laughs> and then on the last podcast, um, Nicole was like, "She was like, Mm-mm, it's just like I'm calling it in, and now it's here, and like all of these things where it's, I don't know which metaphor anyone wants to use for the descriptions of like, because last week we with Nicole we were like, sit in the dark. Yeah, <laughs> that was like the end of the message of the thing. We're like, if you're in the dark sit in it, stay there, (laughs) yeah, sit in it, and feel that, totally, whatever that is, just feel it, there's no, like, you don't have to go through it, you don't have to get past it, you don't have to run through this wall, like, you can just sit there, yeah, and then maybe the, like,
1: sun will rise, like, you know, and you won't have moved, exactly, I think that's so, um, that is really the message of my work, in terms of, like, helping people feel their emotions, helping people learn to love themselves again, um, is like, you have to accept all of you. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Like, you have to accept that <clears throat> part of you that is sad, and that part of you that hates your mom, let's say. You know, it's we fight against the stuff that we think is wrong within us, which just makes it stronger. Yeah. Which just makes it harder to eventually look at. So, telling you know encouraging people to sit in the dark or stay in the dark is really like the way we heal mm-hmm. is to just allow it to come and we don't I use this metaphor in my work like if you can imagine your pain or that dark place as a body of water and it can be a tub or um, a swimming hole or the ocean whatever you whatever imagery works for you and imagine that's the pain that you're avoiding you don't want to dive in. You can just like wade in. You yeah. could even just put your feet in or one foot in. You know, you don't have to go all the way, but feeling it just a little is helpful. Mm-hmm. What are the edges of your pain? What are the edges of that memory? You know, you don't have to go all the way there. And eventually you'll like go to your knees and thighs and hips, and you'll get all the way into the water. And by that point, you'll just, like, be able to float in it and feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's, like, there is a safety piece to that as well. Like, to not, yes, sit in the dark, but yeah, but just be be gentle with yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to go all the way there each time. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. What, um, so in those steps, what was the, because it all seems like a very gradual <laughs> yeah. process. Did you, at one point, go, okay, now I can do this? Like, how was your first client, quote, I don't know if that's the word that you use, but, like, how do you go from... That always interests me, is, Mm. with you know, you have these feelings about yourself and these ambitions for yourself, and and you're confident in your ability or your mission or your direction. Yeah. But going from, okay, now it's, like, $300 for blah, 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 is is a completely different step to take. Yeah. How was that? And $300 was, like, a random number. It's not no, anything I'm referring.
1: Correct, <laughs> yeah. It's $300 for an intuitive reading with me on there my website. Um, but, yeah, it's it's almost hard to remember, actually, like, how I got there. I think one of the things that I feel really grateful for is that I, I had this other business that I'd run at that point for, you know, 10 or 11 years. So I knew I could run a business. Mm-hmm. Also, that business nearly bankrupted. So I've also gone through... Really challenging yeah. moments in that side of things, which um, I can say now I'm grateful for because I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I wasn't fearful of the business side, which I think is a big step for yeah. some people to take. Um, and so when I was like, after I'd done my Reiki level, done some schooling um, with the positive psychology, I hired two women who were business coaches. Um, who ran a business together then to help me shape what my business would look like and then they also built a website for me
0: nice
1: and then I just like put it out there I was teaching spin at the time and so I had this big community of people to launch it to which Mm -hmm. was really cool and um, yeah my first client was uh, a dear friend of one of my best friends And um, yeah they came to me and like the second day I kind of opened my business or launched my business and they were my first client and I went from there and I learned really quickly um, like what I wanted to change about my business within the first sort of three clients so Mm -hmm. I used to offer this three pack for coaching three nine and twelve and I people of course bought the three pack because it was the cheapest yeah and but what would happen is, like, after three sessions, people would have... People tend to have, especially if they haven't done a ton of personal development work, they'll have, like, a breakthrough within the first four sessions. Real life-changing shit. And then that'll scare the shit out of them. So they'll be like, oh, my God, my life is so cool, duh, 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 And then, like, holy shit, that was, like, that was really big. And so for four or five more sessions after that, and this happens in therapy, too. It's common. Um, I'm, like pulling people along Mm -hmm. because they're, they're like, they get so, um, freaked out by their own power, really freaked out by how different their life could be if they continue on this path. And then it's not until like session eight or nine, and this is why I do minimum three months now where they have an even bigger breakthrough and that breakthrough is like through the fear They've busted a lot of beliefs that they grew up with that they didn't even know they were holding. And they thought that first one was a big change, but like this was the even bigger change. But it takes eight to 10 sessions to get there and a lot of what I would call contraction in the middle. Yeah. So they're like starting out and then they expand into like this new way of being And then always after expansion, like (laughs) ah, hiding, getting really, really tight. Maybe they get sick. Maybe they have like a full emotional breakdown and not like a mental breakdown, but just emotional, but like full emotional breakdown. And then on the other side of that is this like, holy shit. Yeah. I love my life now. (laughs) I can do anything. Yeah. So I learned that right away and, um, changed my business model, like after three clients came through.
0: And so what's your priorities now?
1: In my business. Mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> <laughs> if there are any, there don't
1: need to be any. Yeah, no no no. It's it's um it's a good question. My priority is reaching as many people as I possibly can with my message of like unconditional love and self acceptance. That's a pretty good goal. Yeah. <laughs> and how's it going? And, well, that's <laughs> why I'm here. Um, it's it's going really well. It you know, it talk about this like this moment of fear that my clients get into, you know, I'm, I am there too. Yeah. I want to write a book. Um, I want to, my favorite place to be is on a stage with a mic on in front of a group of people. That's like where I feel at home. It's where I feel the most in flow where like the divine just kind of flows through me and I'm able to speak and teach. So like, I'd like to do that Yeah, as often as possible in front of thousands of people, and so think like step by step, that's where I'm going, yeah,
0: yeah, and that's my priority. That's I'm rooting for you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny how, um, there is like a distinct difference between reaching somebody on a personal level, like one on one, and then reaching the masses, yeah, say, quote unquote, um, because the the impact is, is, it's funny how we often put a qualitative notion onto like one-on-one versus mm-hmm. like in a group, yeah. whereas there is a, I think unspoken sometimes or other, or at least underestimated value to the group thing. Yeah. to being in a room full of energy that isn't yours yeah.
1: necessarily. Yeah. You're nailing it. So when a group comes together... It's not by accident, it's by resonance, right? So, I believe that we're like everything is energy. We attract like people into our lives, or we attract what we need to heal or see in ourselves. And so, when you're in a room full of people, you're all there because that's exactly where you're supposed to be. And the resonance of the energy, the level of the energy should be about even. Mm -hmm. And so, when I'm speaking to a group of people, I know that like they're all healing or shifting or letting go of or bringing in the same thing mm-hmm. and the because we're all energy, we're all one. there's no difference between you and I or you and I and a group of a thousand people. Um, you're also like integrating all of that stuff together, mm-hmm. and doing it on a group level is super powerful. yeah, I learned that when I taught spin. And I'm actually super excited because I'm going to start teaching spin again at a new spin studio here in Vancouver. Oh, and, we'll put that in the description too. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> thank you. In January, we're going to open. And um, I think that's like the next step to getting this message out again, you know, mm-hmm. my message and, and helping people heal on a on a group level. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so funny because like we underestimate often like things that we do like spin or like I'm thinking I went to an Adele concert 2011 or 12 Mm -hmm. at the Orpheum Mm -hmm. so she was still like not that big and um I I swear to god it was group therapy right yes swear to god you're not wrong sat in the Orpheum and there's like hundreds of people crying (laughs) just like letting go of whatever it was that they were crying about yes or whoever it was that they were crying about I walked out of there I was like I feel like a hundred pounds lighter. Yeah. I just like a completely different person just from listening to music and like crying in public. Exactly. (laughs) That's very cathartic.
1: Yeah. Well, and we've all had those moments where we feel different after doing something with other Mm -hmm. people, you know, and it's like this, um, maybe you'd say like, well, that felt really good or like that felt right that I was supposed to be there. And that's how you know that you're having like energetic shifts at a cellular level is that things Mm -hmm. are just either moving through you to leave you or to stay like new mm-hmm. information basically and it's easier I think like when we're in a group of people to allow that to come in without yeah. letting our brains get away for sure ab- about it or like overthinking what's Over- happening yeah
0: yeah it's so funny
1: that you would mention that
0: and I don't know why my brain did this but let's investigate yeah um it, I'm thinking about um well I spend a lot of time thinking about non-monogamy because I'm in a non-monogamous relationship okay um, and um, and it's funny when I describe it to some of my monogamous het- hetero friends yeah. about like why or how are the implications or the feelings. Yeah. Like my partner was on a date on Friday with someone else without me um, and we were talking about with my other friends like why or how I might feel a certain way when that happens or, yeah. or when I'm on a date and he's not. Yeah, And I always refer back to when I was single, so I've spent a lot of time being single as well. Um, gladly. Yeah. And I think there's something about new energy. I'll never have new mm. energy with Mark again. Mm. You know, it's just gonna well, yeah, I will, but it'll be our energy that's evolved. Yeah. It won't be the discovery of Mark. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's it's really interesting to wanna tap into discovery energy, like new people. Even if no sex is high, like, is this sex or no sex? Yeah. I think monogamous people forget that sometimes. It's, like, yeah, that it's new like, person that you meet at work or someone you have a conversation with in an elevator or, in my case, someone that I'm, that's hitting on me at the bar or, or wherever. Yeah. There's something to, like, a new exchange of a new human that is, for me, like, quite enchanting. I've always, like, looked for that. Yeah. Because I like to... I think maybe I just need like to be probed into thinking about something like I need a totally an external input, yeah, to be like, oh, what about this? Um, and so yeah, I think we we just we forget often about like that on a personal level and on a group level of just being like, oh, there's a value to finding why or how certain energies come to you at certain points.
1: Exactly, yeah, well, and we can use this. this is the perfect example actually. The amount of people who are coming into my life at the moment who are either exploring non-monogamy <sighs> for the first time or who have been in a non-monogamous relationship for 10 years, um, it's it's actually mind-blowing how many people I meet right now <laughs> and who are, and it's, it's actually what's so fascinating is like I'm meeting these people and my reaction is like so curious, like is that mm-hmm. something that is important that to me? You is, wanna... is that why these people are coming into my life, you yeah. know? because I've always, you know, over, over the past five years, like I've shed so many beliefs, so Mm -hmm. many things that I thought were important to me. Like I thought I wanted to be married and have children. turns out I don't want my own children and I really don't care whether I get married or not. Um, I'd love to, and if it's important to my partner, wonderful, but it's not the end of the world for me if I don't. And you know, I'm, I'm fairly certain that you know, committed monogamous relationship with a man is what I'm seeking, mm-hmm. um, and I'm open to being curious about non-monogamy, um, and so it's just like that's a perfect example of energy, yeah, coming together, um, like like a shared energy. It's very funny,
0: and also uh, echoing that, I went for dinner with a friend that I hadn't seen for a while. It's. This is a very strange situation of a friendship. We went to high school together in mm-hmm. a small town in Switzerland, okay, fifteen years ago. Wow. And then we bumped into each other on a set. Oh wow! Last year here. Yeah, and I was like, you look really familiar, and she was like, oh yeah, you look like someone I know. I was like, where'd you go to high school? She was like, oh, Switzerland. I was like, yeah, me too. Where? And she was like, excuse me. And she was like, I'm pretty sure I thought I was you were your your own doppelganger. I was like, no, no, it's me. Um, and we catch up every now and then because she's a an actor and a creative soul and I fight all of my creativity with my Capricorn Mm. to do list but my creativity is very much there but I'm way more practical about it and Mm. she loves being in the ether I fight it and so (laughs) it's we went for dinner and she was like I was talking about again that was the same night that Mark was on a date and um we talked about, the. she was like, she, I said something about non-monogamy, I said something about, well this is going to be very, very timely and vulnerable guys, too much information for some of you, but whatever, um, lately I've not felt sexual at all, because okay. I've got a new job where I'm like, emotional labor is the number one task, mm. so I'm not even a human anymore, I'm a complaint board, mm. um, which is great. <laughs> Um, so I've been working very hard to make sure that people who come to me are still aware of the fact that it's a human being that they're talking to, yeah. and doing all of my own work, and then you know having a smile on all the time because I'm also dealing with actors, <laughs> and it's like, exhausting. And so I've been like, I don't want anyone to want something from me. Right. As soon as I come home, I don't want anything wanted from me. Got it. So when Mark's like, mm, I just in, like right away feel like he wants something from me, and even though that's not. He might be wanting to give me something. Yeah, it still feels that way. Right, and so I was like, I need you to keep your sexual agency for your own self right now because I have shit to work on that has nothing to do with you. I'm not even masturbating. Like my body right now is in overdrive for other things, mm-hmm. and it's momentary. And I will process it, and I am processing it. But yeah. I need you to get your own happy from somewhere else. Wow. Yeah. And um, and she and she literally had the same. She was like, Wow, that is so. Impactful. Yes. And I have never thought about it that way.
1: Yeah.
0: And it has not, she was like this, and she's single, so she's like not even things that are anywhere on her radar. Yes. And I was like, yeah, actually, I think that there's a thing to starting to realize where your agency comes from and, and, and how you want to partner with somebody. Totally. That is easier to do when you're non monogamous because you don't have ground to stand on. You don't have the script that you've been fed since you're a kid. So exactly. you have to think
1: about the rules that you're wanting to set yeah okay I actually have two questions Go ahead. and I want to come back to to what we're saying too so I'm, I'm curious how you make sure that the people you're dealing with know that you're a human and not a complaint board
0: oh um.
1: well sometimes it's
0: humor most of the times it's humor because yeah. because um, I was promoted in the same show so they knew me as another role and yeah. now I'm this yeah so I'll be like hey yeah, I'm good. How are you? How's your morning going? Or, you know, just like a small joke of like, I'll make sure to add that to the list of complaints. Anything else I can help (laughs) you with such and such. And, and just be, instead of being like, okay, um, hi, good morning. And like being upset. I'm just like, I I try and keep it a little more on the, or you know, typically when people are like, Hey, how are you? I'm like, "Ah, I'm pretty shitty right now. Honestly, I've just been shat on by five other people, but you know, I guess that's the price. And then they realize, Oh Oh, yeah, I guess I was going to add to that.
1: Or, you know, just yeah. just reminding people all the time that I'm like, I'm doing my best. I'm and you're a human. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting, too, because I think we, speaking of agency, you know, we have to be responsible for ourselves in all situations. And now I'm not saying like that can often or sometimes sound like victim blaming mm-hmm. when people say, say something like that. Like, well, it's your job to keep, you know, to be responsible for yourself, which yeah. is true. And. Yeah. Sometimes we don't know how to do that, right? Yeah. Like sometimes we're like, okay, this feels <laughs> like yeah. this feels like I these people should know. Yeah. And so, good for you for having like an understanding that, you know, you might need to advocate for yourself a little bit. Yeah. By using humor, which is like,
0: just yeah. Great. I think that's the easiest one for work. I think yeah. it might be a little different if we were talking about a personal totally. space. that this is work, and these are people who are stressed out and have a lot of responsibilities. And I'm a trainee, yeah. so. I'll, I'll just be like, hey, yeah, I'm the trainee. That's my job. I basically Mm -hmm. get shit on all day. And they're like, oh, I hope no one's mean to you. And I'm like, oh, let's see. You know? And I'm like, you're just reminding people of their presence and of their affect on other people. Yeah. Just being
1: like, hey. Yeah. Well, I'm just like keeping in mind, too, that we're a mirror, right? And so if you can mirror back that to them in a funny way, it will impact them without them feeling triggered or... or shat on, right?
0: Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. I try not to anyway.
1: Yeah. It doesn't always work, but it's a good effort to keep on totally. trying. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing that I wanted to mention after you settle, that was like, that's an example of sitting in the dark, right? Mm-hmm. Like this moment that you're having a feeling, you know, not sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, and you say like, this is for me, not for you to your partner. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's such a beautiful example of like sitting in your own shit Mm -hmm. and looking at what's going on. Like, how can I take care of myself in a different way? What do I need to love more about myself in order to like not give so much at work? If that's the aim and be able to give to my partner and be able to give to myself, like where's the balance. Right. And it's just so healthy to be able to sit in a place to say like, there's no balance right now. And that's just where I'm at.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that makes it. Um, again, I think non monogamy makes it easier to have those conversations I because I can say, "Go elsewhere." Yeah, because um, I I do realize that sometimes, if Mark doesn't have anyone to go see, that leaves me, and then that my, it's my responsibility all of a sudden to make sure that he's fulfilled and I don't like that at yeah. all I don't like that feeling I don't want to be that person right and so I think if you're in a monogamous relationship it does leave you a little bit in a 0 sum argument of just right. like fuck well if I don't want to have sex you're not having sex
1: yes
0: so what now mm-hmm. you know it's that I don't know how I would deal with anymore <laughs> it's sort of sort of like I'm so glad I'm not doing that um yeah. but because I I th- it's inevitable that you come across where you either get or give at some point. Like mm-hmm. not all the time, but there are situations where. What's the solution? Mm-hmm. Like what is it? Because those are the only options. Um, yeah. And that
1: feels very. That feels very small to me now. Well, and that's that like binary conversation mm-hmm. that we're having so often these days about like okay, either you get to have sex or you don't. Yeah. And that's it, right? Where I think you like you're saying you have options. Do you ever listen to um, Esther Perel? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so she has that great analogy of like um, all of the pots like Mm -hmm. boiling on the stove and how, you know, you can't be watching everything all the time as one person, you know, like you can't monitor each other. You can't be everybody's everything. Yeah. And, you know, up until a thousand years ago or 2000 years ago, we had more people within our group um to support each other in different ways and I think though the thing that sort of monogamy has brought into our lives so much beauty and so much like wonder. Yeah. Like it's people all over the world who make it work every single day. Yeah. Including my parents. Yeah. Um I have a beautiful example of that. But it has made our partner like our, our one and only. You know? Yeah. The, but like they can't be. They no. just simply can't be. And so what that seven years Of my life of being single you know that again there were guys around but really it it first of all made me my number one Mm -hmm. made me the person who can fulfill me in every single way I love myself more than anyone will ever be able to love myself love me yeah and so and then I cultivated these friendships that were really important to me I cultivated um, relationships with other family members and I have this really rich circle of people who love me and now I feel ready to let somebody else in because, romantically, because yeah. I know that I won't lean on him for everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's important, and that's why I was, I was, I was only using non-monogamy because it's my easier framework yeah, and it's more accessible. But in any frame of relationships, I think we forget that exactly what you said, like thousands of years ago, you had a village. Yeah. And you kind of still need a village, exactly. <laughs> and it's, it's. Um, I met somebody and it was really funny. It was a conversation with my mom who is mind boggled by none of me. Sure. Um. She met somebody who met who had a child with someone who was purely meant to be their baby's dad.
1: Okay. But they oh, had a friendship,
0: okay. and it was only meant to be co-parenting. Got it. It was never meant to be anything else. But right. they found themselves to be extremely parent-incompatible, and that's what they were going to do. And so my mom was like, it's really interesting. Like, could you, like, outsource yeah. <laughs> some parts of your other I'm pretty sure that's not outsourcing because it's still very much part of her life, Came yeah. up. Okay, mom. Yeah. And, and I think that's kind of what we're starting to sort of think about ourselves as. It's yeah. just, like, which parts of me need what. Yeah. And, and yes. some, some parts of us need intimacy, not from a romantic partner and I keep reminding Mark I'm like sometimes when my sexual energy does feel low I do need a stranger Mm -hmm. to be like you're super hot you're the hottest thing I've ever seen and not know about my OCD and my whatever else is happening Mm and sometimes I do need someone who looks at me like a blank slate yeah to be like and then I'm back to myself but it's not because they did that it's because I saw the reflection in their eyes of not seeing the person burdened by all the emotions that they're currently going through yeah
1: yeah I get that and I think that's the you know we are so in like that we hear this all the time like in a time of total connection like via social media Mm -hmm. the internet you know we can see other people all the time but it's really rare that we're being with Mm -hmm. other people right like how often like I'm lucky because I get to have conversations like this all the time because I've cultivated my life this way but I had to learn how to and it all comes back for me and my work it all comes back to like learning to love myself because when I love myself I give myself time to listen to myself Mm -hmm. and I ask like do I want to have this conversation today do I have the bandwidth to like sit on this couch and talk to Christine today like how is that going to work Yeah. or do I have the bandwidth to go on a date with this new guy and so And then you, you, like, you you just sort of start to, the more you love yourself, the more you listen to yourself, the more you make choices that serve you, and the more you're living in integrity. Mm -hmm. Because when we shut ourselves off from, like, love for ourselves, we make decisions based on, like, what other people want or what we're hiding from. So I used to use drugs and alcohol to, like, make any decision I want and blame it on that. And, you know, but living in integrity requires that love for yourself because you'll most of the time make the decision that feels right for you yeah
0: yeah and I say this all the time with regards to you know also like good versus bad decisions and all binary things <laughs> yeah. about like what serves you I when I when that epic relationship failed or broke and I found myself in a new country with no one I knew and I quit my job because I was like I don't, don't know what the fuck I'm doing right now. So yeah. I need time. Yeah. I didn't quit my job so I was like, this is a dream. I quit my job so I was like, I can't possibly wake up tomorrow Yeah, and go there. <laughs> yes. Um That is not within the realm of possibilities. And yeah. so I spent the month of March, 2016 blackout drunk.
1: Wow. Yeah.
0: Cause I was like, I need friends. Yeah. How do you get friends? You go to a bar. Yeah. Oh wait, I'm in my mid twenties and I'm a single girl. I need drinks. Like yeah. I can't sit in a bar by myself without drinks yeah. this is not something my body's able to do right now yeah I'm my 30s now I'm fully able but it was a moment of just like I need people I need strangers I need not me totally I need something else yeah and it sounded terrible and it scared the shit out of my mom or anyone who was watching but I knew I was in control yeah all along yeah. and I knew that I needed to actually be out of control for a controlled period of time yeah, and and it served me and that's it propulsed me into better. So I think that we often put judgment on our decisions a little too soon. Exactly. You know, like, yeah.
1: don't have enough, like, um, hindsight yeah. to know what that was. Totally. Yeah. And it's like, that's just a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. That's, and we all employ them all the time. And there's literally nothing wrong with that. Yeah. 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 I don't really believe in good or bad
0: no, and it's very hard to say that without sounding like you're proposing nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah, like don't don't murder people, don't sexually assault anyone. You know, like if you're causing harm, sure, like don't do that. Yeah. But I don't believe that like the years that I spent partying were bad decisions. I made dangerous decisions while I was partying a lot. Yeah but I don't have, like, the regret around that, right? It's just, like, it's just... It like you here. Exactly. (laughs) Here I am, you know, alive, making better decisions these days. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Nice. Well, I'm so glad that you took the time
0: and energy to be here today with me. Yeah, me me too. Thank you. Um, Is there something that you want to say as closing words that you wish you heard more?
1: Yeah, like, loving yourself can sound um, a bit like big you know people would often tell me like you need to love yourself more and I'd be like cool how (laughs) what's the trick to that and uh it can also feel a bit judgy like you know when we don't when we hear truth and it like the truth is maybe I don't love myself enough it can feel like the person on this side is judging them or us um and it's not that it's just that like we all have lost love for ourselves over the years And now is the time, it's like a worldwide awakening to learn how to do that. And so the number, like the easiest way, the first way that I tell all of my clients to start down that path of self-love is to, before you wake up in the morning, before you touch your phone, before you speak to your partner, um, ask yourself with your eyes closed, what do I need today? And try to, try to do it. Trust the first thing that comes if it's if you use your phone as your alarm, write a post-it note, ask yourself that question on the post-it note. What do I need today? And put it on top of your screen, turn your alarm off, and look at it, mm-hmm. and then trust the first thing that comes. Sometimes it'll be like, I need more water, or I need another hour of sleep, or it might be like, I need to leave my relationship. And so the water is easy. <laughs> <laughs> the nap, maybe, is easy. Go to bed earlier, stay in bed for another hour. But, like, the leaving the partner thing, let's say it's something as serious as that. Or, like, I want to quit my job. Or, big one. You just say, if you can't do anything about it, you just say, like, I hear you, self. I honor you. And I'm, I'm going to turn my attention to that. And even just, like, looking why do I really want to leave my partner? And then just exploring that. Like that is the basis of self-love is listening to yourself and acting from that place. That's how you love yourself more.
0: Aww, Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm definitely going to do that.
1: Good. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thanks you guys for listening to
0: another week. I will obviously post all of the links in the description. Um, Yeah. If you wanna get in touch with Megan, they'll be all down there. Do all the clicking. Yeah. Um yeah, I, wh- where can we tell people? This is on comes out on Fridays, so this weekend. Nice. Um take some time.
1: Take some time. Take some time. <laughs> Just take some time. <laughs> well, if uh, next Friday, if you're listening to this and you want to get to know me more and you want to work with me, I am the f- three days after that, Monday the 18th, Yeah. I'm launching or I'm starting a group coaching program called Soul Purpose. Um, so if there's still spots available, I'd love to have anybody that's listening. Amazing. Okay. It'll be in the description. Yeah. You do that.
0: <laughs> Thank you, guys. I will speak to you next week. In the meantime, sending all kinds of love.